Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the United States of a Movie Podcast, my favourite day of the week. We make Monday a fun day because we like to get together and try to answer the impossible question of can you define each state in the United States by just one movie. My name is Ollie Petschgrew. I've been a movie fan my entire life. Honestly, since I discovered movies, I used to host a movie show on, called Epad on Max in Cinemax, on Cinemax in Asia. Um, but it's only now since this podcast started that I brought together two Fine movie minds who love movies even more than I do. And this week, they're furious with me for the movie I made them watch. Uh, Ryan Sandler, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Sue. It's so great to be here. And, and it's truly blessed to have another week where we get to absolutely shred something you love. <laughs> and, of course, um, I think it's going to get worse because just the look <laughs> on our other host, Will Hirsch's face, lets me know that he's got some hot takes. Will, welcome back to the show, buddy. My body's here, but my soul is dead. I, uh, Will's, Will's got a vein in his forehead that, uh, if you're if you're if you're listening at home, is shaped like it's, three sixes. It's gonna burst. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh my god. I want to be clear that this is the same Will that brought things like Stone Cold to the table. That has brought thank you. Things- I think the Wraith, who was the Wraith? That was you, right? That was wasn't me. It? Yeah. Um, and he is very, very, very angry because he had to watch Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One because this <laughs> week. The state that we are taking down is Ohio, and Ready Player One, though set in the future, takes place completely in Columbus, Ohio, and I thought the guys would enjoy it. Turns out, not so much. I picture Steven Spielberg on set, much like Gus Van Sant in the parody from Jane Silent Bob, where he's just counting money, and he's like, man, I told you, I'm busy. <laughs> Jesus, Ben, I told you. It's hunting season. Yeah, yeah, I... <laughs> I told you guys last night, there's there's always been that rumor that Spielberg secretly directed Poltergeist. Sure. Um, I'm starting the conspiracy theory that he secretly did not direct this. Yeah, this was, was somebody you, else. It was you, It Bull. so <laughs> does not feel like a Spielberg movie in every sense yeah. of the word. That you think, you I can't think believe was, this guy made Fablemans. You like, think it was it's just, Zemeckis? You think it was Zemeckis? That uh, would make way more sense. Yeah. That Honestly, that would be way more believable. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, yeah. and we will definitely be getting into it. I can't wait for uh, Will's hot takes. Um, yeah. I did know, actually, that Will didn't like this movie, and this was definitely because he was mean about Twister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, this is some pretty good revenge. The kind where I'm like, I'm down, 
I yeah. can't. I can't find. <laughs> he's he's been waiting. already dead. He's been waiting all season for this. <laughs> this might be our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the other movies because you guys did bring two fantastic movies that were a real joy to watch as well as Ready Player One. Well, hang on. Yeah, well, <laughs> wait Ryan, tell yeah. us about your, your movie. Oh buddy. man, the fans have been clamoring, and guys, we finally did it. We got Charlie Sheen back in Tucson. For major league, <laughs> we just I honestly, we should just watch the wraith yeah. again. Yeah, um, yeah, major league 1989's day, um, major league, uh, directed by David S. Ward. He directed a number of other comedies as well as that. It's got Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, Rene Russo, uh, Margaret Witten as the uh, the one trying to take it down. Um, this is one of those movies, much like you, Ryan, that I saw the sequel 160 times yeah. before I saw major league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it was just it was just one of those things that was on all the time and. It's it's so funny when you go that way. I know we talk about it all the time. When you watch the sequel so many times, and then you see the first one, it's it's hard for it to ever live up. But everyone you talk to will just completely shit on you. You're, you're like, no, oh, the sequel's better, man. I'm like, no, the sequel is statistically horrible. <laughs> I have to watch the original. Yeah, I did it with this one, I did it with Bill and Ted's, and I stand by that. It's quite jarring when though when you finally watch, like especially with Major League, as you watch the first one after watching the second one, which like most sequels to successful movies has been neutered. It's PG-13, whereas the first one is R-rated. And yeah, you're like, wait, sure. whoa, whoa, what? what? Yeah, I think the sequel is a little sillier, for sure. It's, it's, it's a little more jokey, whereas the first one has a lot more serious tones of people dealing with, like, you know, the, a baseball player at the, at, the, at the tail end of his career, that this is the last thing he's got to cling on to. And yeah. this movie does the thing that I love about, like, 80s and 90s baseball or any sports movies it's never like the big game it's never the world series it's never the super bowl it's all like the leading up to that like they make yeah. it to the playoffs yay yeah. this is yeah this is the pennant yeah you know, sure. it's like any any given sunday was just some random game and then yeah. at the end of the movie they go oh well we lost yeah. the next game and we didn't make the, the and it was weird to me that those also weren't real teams too so it's like always, yeah. there's always a licensing thing i think the nfl is very strict about that but when it comes to baseball yeah. the Cle- cleveland indians are like do whatever you want we don't give yeah. a shit well, they, yeah, that's honestly what surprised me is yeah. I was like, this is an actual team. Yeah, I can't I can't believe like they were like, yeah, you can portray our management. Yeah. Like, Same thing with like fine. a rookie of the year, because I think that was the Cubs, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah Angels so. in the outfield. All those great like, um, baseball But yeah, no, they had all the other teams present as well. I mean, yeah. they had quite clearly incredible access because one yeah. thing I was caught off, um, just blown away by was the 20,000 extras who were in the stands. There was a couple of shots where, like, the, the place was rammed. Um, you know, they went out, and uh, I think, De- is it Dennis Haysbert? You know, the guy, the voodoo guy. He's great. Mm-hmm. And um, All state they guy. went out for that shot, and it was a full stadium. He said it yeah. was incredible rush, and it was one of the other, the real players going, that's what it's like every day, mate. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, that was pretty astounding to me, is that they, they gave the Cleveland, uh, like, Cleveland, who are they, like, who are they called Cleveland now? Indians. Uh, the, the, oof. Nationals? No, that's Washington. No, that's Washington. I just remembered this just two seconds ago. He's got the Washington. The, I think they're the Cleveland. Oh, I thought it was the Cleveland N words. Yeah. <laughs> I was. People I was. And that's what it was. Right at the beginning, there's a bit of. Um, a lot of like uh, what you know the the caricatured like native with the yeah. baseball bat kind of thing yeah. on the wall behind you go Yee. <laughs> yeah you're watching this there's a, and there's a lot of phrasing and a lot of problematic things that you can see why that just don't really hold up as well but fans I mean, and like feather a lot of things bob, stuff. a, a lot of things bob Euchre was saying like uh, yeah. oh god yeah he's so he's great in this so so good he's fantastic yeah, he's, he's great yeah. in the sequel as well actually he's, yeah he's, like, he's he's 
pure gold every time they cut over to him. And his color man that basically just doesn't say a word the entire he's, time. He, my most, my favorite line of his, he had, I don't think he's got, he maybe has two lines of dialogue in this movie, but in the sequel, Bob Uecker, because the team is doing so poorly, just drinks himself into yeah. a stupor every game and he passes out and he has to hand it over to his color man and he goes, fly ball, hot. <laughs> that's always in my head i love that movie well that was another great movie another great movie i i honestly it's um, a movie my wife adores it's a movie many americans love it's a movie i first saw on a plane actually mm. um but rewatching it i think it might be one of the best snl movies ever made uh oh, will yeah. tell us about your movie I brought Tommy Boy to the table, which is yeah. I being a big kid myself. Chris mm-hmm. Farley was my hero. I was just all about it, and of course, you know, I love David Spade. He was like at like his peak on SNL. Oh yeah, and the two of them have such great chemistry together. So when we when you said Ohio, I was like, oh, I, I know exactly the movie I'm picking. I I like to th- this movie was such an important like humor cornerstone for me that I I, I think I based a lot of my personality on david spade's character for better or for worse <laughs> like it's just his eye cutting like i and watching this movie again with fresh eyes i'm like oh that's where i got it that's, <laughs> that's right the dry sardonic wit mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just kind of a, a bit of a dick yeah yeah so tommy boy 1995 uh directed by peter siegel um but it's a law michaels production of course like it's an snl movie but chris farley david spade um bo derrick bo derrick was mm-hmm. my my, She's my a mate. ten. When I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also uh, Brian Denny and then back, um, back on the show as well. Also, oh wait, um, his Rob girlfriend Lowe. is the same girl from. Uh, yeah, it's all I could think about. Hollywood. I was like, Doc yes, Hollywood. that's where you yep. see her boobies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also an uncredited Rob Lowe, who's the great comedic. Uh, Which is crazy because he's got a pretty big role in this film. Yeah, is he not credited in this? No, no, no. I, I mean, I. Wow. He did it. He wanted it to be a surprise. It was not really a planned thing. He said he was hanging out with Lorne Michaels. So good in it. And they were making the movie. He's like, oh, I'll do that. And yeah, he's just great great comic relief because he's constantly just getting just comedically messed up in so many different ways. It's actually really fun to watch. Yeah. The Bo Derek reference. This is such a movie I remember like very vividly watching with my dad who, I mean, it's impossible to love this movie. It's so infectious, but I remember watching this with him and he just absolutely cackled over the Bo Derek. Like when she gets out of the pool, he goes, she's a 10. And I, I was my young brain. I didn't, I didn't understand the reference at the time and I still don't. So. (laughs) I think she was in a movie called perfect 10 or something like that. Um, Bo Derek. Yeah. She's super hot. Where should we start? You know what? Let's, Let's let's just address the elephant in the room. Let's let's get into it. I I want I want Will Hirsch to beat up on Steven Spielberg, one of the greatest filmmakers. Hold on, in- let me jack in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's start with it. Let's go ready player one. First of all, before we get into the movie, who read the book? I did, yeah. I read the book yeah. as well. I I got a couple chapters in and then I was like I, I I couldn't take it. The writing for me yeah. is so bad. I like it's, I like I think Fifty Shades of Grey is better written. Like I, I just I it's think got more this, robots. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, got, I don't even know where to go. I, I, this, I, this, I hated the book with the part yeah. I read, yeah. and then the movie. I'm like I I will say from what I read, the movie's better, but like it's like definitely pays better get, for sure. It, in one of your nuts versus getting hit in both your nuts. Like really is this like a comparison where you're like, Oh, this, it's not a win comparison. I I got swept up in the, towards the tail end of like the, 
people were just clamoring about this book. I think it was maybe like two years before the movie was even announced. And I was like, oh, this seems like a book I would enjoy because I love all of this stuff. And I'm like a very similar age. There are, there are things I was probably too young for when I was reading it. I'm like, this is, but it's like reading the diary of a nerd who was stuffed in a locker and just had to get all his feelings out. And as I'm reading this book, I'm like, is this me? Oh no. Yeah. I know. Cause I, I'm reading it and I go, Oh, I could kill it. Cause in the book. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. so the premise of uh, ready player one for those that haven't seen it, uh, it's set in Columbus, Ohio in dystopian 2045, um, where everything's gone to shit. Um, you know, there's the, the bandwidth wars and the, the corn syrup, uh, riots and, um, so everybody, basically the plot the, of Interstellar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Everybody in the world basically exists in the Oasis, um, which is just this VR world where you can do anything, be anything, go anywhere. Um, now, part of it was there is a there is an Easter egg hunt. Easter eggs being inside video games, you find Easter eggs and stuff like that. And the first person to find all three, look at Will's feet. Um, the person that finds the Easter egg at the end of this hunt um, gets to basically own the Oasis. Um, and we follow Wade Watts, who goes by Parzival and the Oasis, um, as he goes on his adventure to basically win the Oasis. It's it's that's it. I can hear my virginity it. growing back as you were reading <laughs> a part of that. Oh my god! But like yeah. now in the book, it's very Spielbergian. In fact, there's a lot of Spielberg references in the book, which is why when it was announced that Steven Spielberg was going to make the movie, a lot of people were like, "Whoa, man!" Yeah. But he you wasn't know, the first fine. either. There was a lot of directors they were throwing around for this. It's like, it's like when you read when you, when you read the book, you're like, "How can anyone?" get to make this because it's it's so detailed and so nuanced and there's so many references it's like it's like the impossible thing but i i think it was like ron howard christopher nolan there were like a lot of directors attached or that were being talked to to make this film and they landed on spielberg i guess he's all right i mean <laughs> whatever. i think it's because it's a really interesting movie because i think like i think about 70 percent of the movie takes place in the the oasis yeah. So it's kind of interesting that like 70% of the movie is essentially like watching uh, an animated movie, but they do incredibly good motion capture. I think that looks great. Yeah. The character, I think the action, all of it. I mean, it's, it's got those little Spielberg touches. What I like, I like, I like the, the race. So the, the first one, the Wraith, you said? <laughs> oh, can we talk about the Wraith? Yes, yeah. I'm back in the conversation, guys. Let's go. Uh, if they would have had that turbo interceptor in that opening scene, we'd be oh, having a different conversation right oh now. Oh, my God, yeah. Actually, I was wondering if I did see it. I'm going to have to go back and watch. Because um, there's a race. Um, now, basically, essentially, there's these things called the Sixes. There's IOI, which is basically this company, Sorrento, Nolan Sorrento, played by Ben Mendelsohn. They e. want Mendelsohn. to try and win the Oasis and put ads in it. Sure. Yeah. He sucks. He's basically the evil. They're trying to monetize the. Yeah. It's like a free to play kind of thing. It's basically everything Fortnite turns into, essentially. Yeah. He wants to turn the Oasis into X. Basically. He wants Travis Scott concerts. <laughs> yeah. But in the book, the first challenge um, is, and it's one that I could kill, is you have to do a word for word um, recreation of the entire movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, what is it called? It's um, War Games. War, War Games, games. Yeah. yeah. He's put into well, the movie War Games, it, and you have to say the words to get points. And I'm, the, watching, yeah. I'm reading the book going, I could kill this. <laughs> yeah. You just you just put the book down and started started doing it. But in the, I think in the book, too, you, he's kind of fucking movie in the book there's three keys that also lead to three doorways that then lead to three challenges, I think. So in this, they really did truncate the 
because it's a lot. The book is a. I read the book on like two days, but I felt it felt like a fucking lifetime. Just because <laughs> you read, you turn the page, and you're like, wait, what? Where is my brain going? But well, um, they but really, that race. I mean, yeah, so the first cool. thing's oh, pretty cool. Yeah, Possible's yeah. got himself. He's got the. Uh, the car from Back to the Future. He's got the DeLorean. You're looking in the background and you're seeing there's the Batmobile and there's the car from Mad Max and there's Akira's bike and everything else is like rocking up. <laughs> and like, I would have thought this would be like totally up your alley, Will. It's like, like someone, it's like know. a kid describing a video game to you. That's like, it, yeah, it's just, and then, I remember and then King Kong shows up and then there's, there's the T-Rex. Yeah. And then the other thing, and you're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's just, it's just for me, like, I don't know. I, I, I am a nerdy guy. I have comics. I no. have action figures. I like, listen, I, I am definitely a nerdy dude, but I don't identify with people who make that their entire personality. And this movie is somebody who has taken pop culture iconography and made it their entire personality. And I just do not relate yeah. on any level. Like, I'm just like, no, those are things I like. That's not me. And so the fact that like this is a movie about people that are like, I'm driving the DeLorean. I'm like, yeah, well, OK, if this is a world where you can imagine and create anything, why aren't you making your own car? And they that's call. the only thought I had the entire time is mm -hmm. why are people like we've got Chucky, we've got the Iron Giant, we got Batman. I'm like, yeah. make you can do anything and your imagination is limited to IP. Shut up. Like, just <laughs> well, it's explained it. that James Halliday, who is the creator of the Oasis, along with Simon Pegg, but Mark Rylance, Mark Rylance, of course, being, I think, Great. seems to be Steven Spielberg's muse at the moment. He's uh, yeah, right. basically everything, but it's because he's amazing. Um, yeah. But he was obsessed with 80s culture. So the reason being is that as people try to figure out the clues and to, to figure out these challenges, they have to get steeped in 80s culture. So it's while it's set in the future, it's all about a bunch of 80s obsessed teenagers and stuff like that in 2040 something, which is kind of why, why it's the 18 van and why it's all of this stuff sort of popping up. And Will is just not picking this up. Yeah. It's just, it's, I, I mean, <laughs> if you take a, like a teenager today and ask them to be like, oh, are you into like movies from like 2000? They're going to be like, no, like th those are like old movies to them. So the idea that like young people are like, oh, I love war games. I've memorized them. I'm yeah. like, shut up. It's just not in any way something that resembles reality i i don't know it's just one of these things where the reason we didn't pick war games for this podcast was because ollie was just going to quote it word for word and then talk about <laughs> ready player time. one yeah. yeah oh my god i really want to watch war but this movie is like the 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 reference equivalent to walking into like a quote toy store at the mall and it's just mm -hmm. all Funko pops like that's mm, it right oh i remember that i remember that i remember that i i am guilty i mean so i have i do like this movie uh, and i've watched it many times and um <laughs> You know, every time you're watching it, you're spotting something else in the background that is almost, I mean, you, you guys are right. It is like. But to a point, it just takes you out of the. Yeah, it's a movie. fire hose of references yeah. that is just, just exploding onto screen constantly. That being said, the car chase is pretty cool. Like, just cinematically looks yeah. pretty cool. So, anyway, the Cleveland Indians are a, a baseball team. <laughs> yes. Okay. And it really makes haze. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. I mean, this this movie is such like stimulus overload. And it's a movie I really, I, I love the idea of it because it, it, it makes sense. But I, I think contextually in the, the film, and for him to do like a strictly very CGI heavy thing, just again, feels so weightless and, there's just not a lot of charm to it. I don't know. Just well, there's so 
this movie is kind of indicative. Uh, Spielberg does this a lot when he does like a lot of CGI heavy movies these days. Like BFG suffers from this. Adventures of Tintin is also very much like this, where the camera is just floating through space. It's not tied down to anything. And it is constantly moving and zipping and going around. And to me, that takes me out of the movie. That's just like, well, okay. Like, it's better if it's like you treat the camera like it's real. One of the reasons I think the Avatar movies work so well is James Cameron treats the camera like it's there. Like, even if it's completely CG, he's really figuring out, like, I don't want to do anything a camera couldn't do. Mm. And that's like the opposite philosophy. It makes a huge difference. So while technically the the chase is well choreographed, well paced, I'm just watching it like half asleep because I'm like, all right, we're just zipping around. It just looks like visual vomit. And I'm like, Mm. I don't care. I I care about these characters. I don't care about this race. Christopher Nolan does that as well. It's the, Mm -hmm. if you're going to do it, like if you watch Interstellar, you don't Mm -hmm. have these sort of sweeping shots of a, of a spaceship going by, it's a camera mounted on the spaceship. You know, it's yeah, like, right. it's as if they've bolted this to an actual spaceship and that's how we're seeing things go down, which does very much, I'm 100% on board with that one, Will, is it does mm-hmm. just bring you into that sense of realism and it's exactly why the Avatar movies look so good and so fun. Is yeah. You feel like there's a guy hanging out of a helicopter or something like that, or they've yeah. had to move the camera over to catch something, which is quite fun. Yeah, that adds yeah. so much more weight. To, uh, to those scenes, for sure. But I yeah, will say, a, what's interesting, okay. I really got into the special features on this movie, is that mm-hmm. the level of technology that like Spielberg is able to do is that he they are able to, he's like, he'd never had, he's doing so many of these shots and things that are just, he's the camera operator. Mm-hmm. He's, he's holding the camera, he's moving it around, he's doing everything, and it's amazing that they can be in a motion capture studio, kind of like avatar technology, but he's able to see on the screen the actual set and they can like just physically go, all right, let's move the Iron Giant over there. Let's do this. And you can just build it. And I thought it was such a fascinating way to That's make cool. it. I think, for, I think what Spielberg did it for was because it was just, here's an opportunity for him to learn this, this new tech, you know, mm-hmm. which is it's the absolute cutting edge. I mean, like again, you know, yeah. I know Will, like I said, the camera placement sometimes, but the mocap is pretty, pretty crazy. And like, mm-hmm. it's like the, the sort of the character stuff It's really, what really got interesting for me is the bits where they blend real and animated. Like when they go into the shining, I always found mm-hmm. that initial, like That's cool. that first shot of when the doors open and you're like, are they in a real, like, how did they yeah, do they that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that looked, you know, when it was times like that, like it looks incredible. Like there's no doubt the technology that they're using is amazing. And now, um, you know, being out here in LA, I have friends who are going to like demos and you're seeing the same type of stuff they were doing on this film done on a much smaller scale. Like I could literally go to, you know, a couple different like rental houses and a couple different VFX houses out here. And for much less money than they spent, I can achieve pretty much the same thing these days. Um, just what they're able to do with like unreal engine and stuff. So I do think there is a part of it where Spielberg wanted to, you know, not only just test this technology out, but also make it more commonplace to the point where now anybody can, you know, if you have enough yes. resources, you could pull off something that looks very similar. So there is really impressive technology in it. Um, but just at the end of the day where it, the movie really fails for me is the story is just the story is as basic as stories get the characters are kind of just barely there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, very one dimensional. I was actually shocked that Zach Penn wrote this mm. because he's written some like really, really good films and good blockbuster movies. 
And so to see his name attached to this and as the only credited screenwriter was just really shocking. I I wouldn't be surprised if there were other uncredited screenwriters, but well, Ernest Ernest Klein wrote it with him. So right. he, yeah, that might be that too. That might be an explanation. <laughs> uncredited though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, written, written based on dreams had by Ernest Klein, <laughs> based on melodies hummed by. in the book, um, so Parzival, Parzival um, has a bit of a thing for Artemis. Uh, Artemis played by Olivia Cook, who is an amazing American accent. And when you actually hear her get interviewed, she's from mm-hmm. up north in England. She's got like this accent. I think she does an incredible American accent, so I'm going to go credit where credits due. Oh, um, best part of the movie. But in the in the in the book. <laughs> He comes off as more of an incel. Yeah. Like he falls in love with her. He's obsessed with her. Like it comes off in the movie a little bit, but like you're reading the book and you're like, wait, you suck. <laughs> stop, yeah. stop bothering this girl. <laughs> it's just like, just wind it back a little bit there, buddy. But they kind of like, they touch on that a little bit in this movie. But I, get, I know what you mean, Will. I mean, like, I almost feel like they took all the stuff and the technology and they got all the references and they had a lot of fun. And they just kind of put it into the Spielberg machine. Mm-hmm. It's very goon, very Goonies. Like we're going to shape it that, like a Spielberg uh, movie. It's going to feel yeah. like a Spielberg movie. We'll have the music like a Spielberg movie. Um, but like, there's one part that I always like. Whenever I'm watching it, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's a lot of that. But there's one <laughs> bit about three quarters of the way through. Um, Ty Sheridan and Olivia Cook are hanging out, and then suddenly the IOI goons come. They're trying to capture them. So basically, what IOI does is they buy your debt and they force you into indentured servitude in the oasis for them and they keep charging you and they just basically just keep you in in like a slave essentially it's like capitalism um (laughs) but she throws him through a door and sends a text message and then he comes out in like a like an alleyway and suddenly all of the high five are there there's there's the 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 guy from china the guy from Uh, japan h is there i'm like and no one says he I'm putting together a team. Message, and everybody's on the other side of that door five minutes in, later. In, I thought they yeah, were in yeah. different countries. You know what I mean? I, I mean, yeah, in the book that, they are. That's, that's yeah, a thing. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that actually, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Because there were, that also made me feel like, did I miss something? Like, mm-hmm. there were a bunch of points like that in the movie where I'm like, I'm sorry, what's going, like, what did I, but that part stuck out to me because I was like, wait. I, and also, you're barely introduced to the other members of the high five. Like, Basically, when they're showing up, I'm like, oh, who are who are they? And they're like, I'm secretly this guy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know who you're referring to. Like, what's going on? And then it's only like when they go back into like the shining scene. I'm like, oh, OK, the samurai and the ninja do. OK, sure. But I had no clue who they like when they showed up and like, it's us. I'm like, cool, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah, I thought it, it, um, it has that that like whole that very it, the only thing Spielbergian for me is that you've got a bunch of ragtag kids banding together to fight oh like some evil adult putting doing a, a thing team together, but they never say it, man. <laughs> you can't just that's the thing you guys joke about. It. You can't just put the team together. You have to say I'm putting a team together. Otherwise, my brain just disconnects. You have to say, like, we need to get the worst people in the MLB to play on our team and then have a sequence where you introduce them. Right. Like a movie that did it right. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I did like Um, TJ Miller. 
It's a, <laughs> this was a pre-cancelled TJ Miller? Pre-cancelled TJ Miller, yeah. Pre-crazy oh, TJ Miller yeah. as iRock. I thought it was quite funny. He's got um, some lines. He's I'm going to, Will, I'm going to challenge you. I want you to say mm-hmm. one nice thing about this movie. Not that it finished. I don't want to sarcastic answer. I, want you, I could see you already. Like, I was going to say, <laughs> the moment the, the directed by Spielberg came out, I just hit stop. I'm like, thank God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never stopped the movie so fast. Um, but, uh, one nice thing, uh, I'm going to, okay. I'm going to try to be genuine. Um, and I want to go other than the VFX cause of course those look good. Um, I, I definitely think the actors were really good with what they were given. Like I thought there were some genuinely good performances, even like Simon Pegg for like how little of the movie he's yeah. in. I like I just have an affection for that guy. Um and so I thought he was really bring I thought all the actors were pretty good and I would I didn't watch the movie and didn't buy well, except for TJ Miller but he's not really on screen. Um I I think that they all did really well with like their performances. There there wasn't an actor where I was like, "Oh, that's weak" or anything. No. Um cuz it's cuz Spielberg is a good director and does know how to work with actors. Mm-hmm. So I think the performances were really good. Yeah, Mark Rylance is everything he's in. So great. He's great. But, but Ben Mendelsohn is a, as the villain of the, Ben Mendelsohn, I can't, I can't say it any other way. <laughs> but he's, such, I, I mean, he's such a great villain in this too. Yeah. yeah. You're right. The, the casting is great, but, and you're like, he's, Steven Spielberg is so great at working with actors, but he's working with actors in mocap suits where he's looking at them through a screen. So there's just that, that bit of disconnect for me there. A little right. bit. I, I do, Ben Mendelsohn, I just, uh, I can't, think of him without thinking of uh can we get some girls in here that's a line he has in like dark knight rises yeah and every time yeah. i see him that's the old line in my head can we get some girls in here yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. makes weird. me laugh every time and then he immediately gets baned yeah yeah <laughs> doesn't feel like you are in charge um <laughs> oh, let's talk about that movie i like that movie that's a hot take for people what about um well also pretty impressive set designs i'm gonna go as well the stacks is pretty yeah. impressive also the they really capture that yeah. The Sixer Room, which also has Sorrento's office, which has the big ball that he runs yeah. around in. I thought, like again, there's there's some great some great work done by a lot great, of the, and all the set people. pieces too are really all the set pieces are fantastic. It's just the movie is just not the sum of it its parts. I think like it's got all the pieces there, but they just kind of don't fit together as well as I'd like. Yeah, it all it builds up to a sort of like an Avengers Endgame level um, sort of massive massive uh fight towards the end that IP again bars. will will yeah, it's yeah. it's mecha godzilla and gundam fighting i'm like at this point i'm, I'm and i didn't care the tv yeah I, it's <laughs> yeah again it's, i said in the text read it's the movie equivalent to like a six-year-old kid in the bathtub just mashing two different toys together <laughs> yeah awesome and if you're gonna pick a gundam why are you picking the original gundam there are so many other gundams to pick once yeah, i can well, destroy planets and you <laughs> name pick, five like, <laughs> you picked the RX seventy eight dash two. Come on, let's be real. Let's be it's real. The most guys. iconic looking one, though. I was like, I know that one. It's an that's an evangelical gun. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That would have made yeah. more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and those robots are also the pilot's moms. So you could have had a whole family angle onto that. Wow. Yeah. You uh, yeah. hot hot right. take there. Hot you take. are. <laughs> I don't understand any of it. But. I get all the references, and I hated the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was quite. I like the bit where you know. So you've got this whole thing happening in the Oasis, but it's all happening during a, a car chase. 
in the real world as well. So they're kind of like, I like the technology. Oh, the Inception kind of thing. They're hanging from, yeah. they're on the back of that van. And then yeah. you've got Finale played by uh, Hannah John Keeman. She was the one, she was also in the second Ant-Man movie. Um, for a while she was just in everything and then she's kind of like, I haven't seen her again. Mm-hmm. I think she's British as well. But um, but yeah, like it's kind of fun that, you know, the, the two worlds are interacting quite. And I always like the, for me, I like the Mark Rylance um, holidays kind of, you know, it's, the under, you know, the, the thing not said is that he's probably on the spectrum. Yeah. You know, you get that. I really like that bit at the end where it's him and younger him. And it's just like this kid that's just, he plays video games and because this is a world that makes sense to him. It's a way, and I think by building the, the Oasis was his way of communicating with the world. Because, you know, for some people on the spectrum, it's like there are certain things that just don't make sense. But if you can communicate with them through this medium or through something or through a game and something like that, it, it sort of gives this connection. I think that's kind of what the, the under, the yeah. undercurrent of Mark Rylance's character is, is just his way to connect with the world. And um, it's, it's yeah. absolutely true. And, and, and that's such a great aspect of that, of that character in this film. It, it really, I mean, he's, he's such a well-developed character more so than maybe some, some of the other actors or the other characters rather. Another thing that makes no sense to me is the car chase ends, right? The car chase ends at the stacks um, where Nolan Sorrento had had a bunch of people murdered by blowing them up um, a few days. And he's surrounded by 300 angry people and he pulls out a pistol and 300 people go, no! <laughs> I, <yeah>. Spielberg does <laughs> not like guns. But there was, that was yeah. like, guys, there's 300 of us and there's one of him and he's got 10 yeah. bullets. What's he going to fucking but it do? But <laughs> it was the gun from Robocop, so. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Is there a Robocop in this movie? I'm sure. Uh, yes, there is a river. Yeah, he's that, walking right. out of the the thing right at the beginning. But all it's like funny. They have all these cool characters, but they're all like avatars for like little kids. So they just have it's like Robocop with like huge tits. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm invested. Yeah. Here, it's Ryu from Street Fighter with huge tits. <laughs> that would have actually been an incredible joke. Yeah. Just it's like, like a whole him. bunch of yeah. like Sonic characters, Mario characters, but yeah. they all have amazing raps. Yeah. Like oh my God. that would have been. Such that's a on, funny. That's on the waifu planet. <laughs> <laughs> God, Again, that better see, movie. I do like that. that. Yeah, that'll make the movie better. Tits, tits in this Spielberg movie. But like, honestly, like, because I, I feel like there are like elements, like real elements of like internet culture and meme culture that just are not tapped on in this movie because Spielberg is an extremely old man, <laughs> and I I feel like that that's the like parts of the movie that are like missing. Um, but also just the emotional core, the thing you're describing with, uh, oh God, Mark Rylance's character. I forget. James Halliday. Halliday. Um, the thing about like that character that you're describing, I think could have been an incredibly emotional and like really well, like, um, thought out through line in the movie. And I just, I, when it came up in the movie, it just felt too little too late, but I appreciate it. Cause I like when things like that happen, I'm like, I could see the better movie here. I could see where we could go and really like push these themes forward. And I think that's why I reacted to the movie so bad as I'm watching it. I'm like, I know what the better movie is. Mm. And at every turn, you're making the wrong choice. You're like deciding to make a reference to the Holy Hand Grenade as opposed to being like, hey, we're all like a group of best friends who have never met in real life. What does that say about society? And like, you know, stuff that you could have actually built a story around. Yeah, um, it does. They try to do that, don't they? Because at the end they go, "We shot it for two days a week, so people should talk more." 
you know, but again, it's just like, and the end. Uh, you know, yeah. they, just, like, they just sit on their phones instead of in the oasis. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think um, I was telling Mrs. I was like, all through the week, because uh, you guys have been shitting all over this. You were sweating. <laughs> and uh, I was telling Mrs., yeah, yeah, they hate Ready Player One. And she's like, why do they hate America? <laughs> well, do we have time to get into it today? Or? <laughs> but like, the thing about it is, is like, I, 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 none of your points, I do not, I, I consider them all valid. I, I mm-hmm. honestly do. But I also enjoy this movie. This is a movie that we can just bang on and just watch. I mean, the last time Mrs. and I watched it, we were so sick. We caught like this norovirus. We have just basically spent the entire night throwing up. We are absolutely wasted. We've and then you watch this? Oh. And we lay on the sofa just breathing. <laughs> and we put that on to kind of like make us distract us and make us feel better. I mean, you could have watched Master and Commander again, like, uh, or um, Hunt for Red October, Submarines, yeah. oh, Master and Commander again. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would say, like, the, like, your reaction, Ollie, like, I, like, I totally understand that because, like, yeah. I feel the same way about, like, Prometheus, which is a movie where, like, people will be like, oh, this was stupid and this is bad and this is awful. And I'm like, I absolutely hear you and you're not wrong. I'm also going to watch it right after we're done talking. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I like Prometheus a lot. Yeah. Me too. I was just talking Prometheus yeah. yesterday with Mrs. saying the exact yeah. thing that you just said. Just, yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. I mean, some people don't like it, but I, I think it's great. I, yeah, and I tried to give that one another go. And to, and to your point, you're right. It's a, it, it's just a fucking silly movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's because like, I know I've seen Alien Covenant. I remember nothing mm-hmm. about it apart from there being two fastbenders. And it's like, yeah. that's the thing with Ridley Scott. He either absolutely knocks it out of the park or it's just like, Meh. Or it's crap, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, do you guys see The Last Duel? That, movie's ro- that movie rocks. That is a I movie. haven't, I have I seen it. I need to watch it. I that is really it. good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely fascinated. I'm intrigued by Napoleon. And I've heard mm-hmm. that Gladiator 2 is coming as well now. Yeah. We've got Which, uh, I hope the plot is somebody jacks into the Oasis and now they <laughs> are in Gladiator. Don't you put that out in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did that to yourself there, Will. <laughs> that would be story. just insane enough it's, to get me on board. I think it's his son, right? And that, I, I, I remember I, hearing it. Like it's I just, think uh, it's it's the kid, you know. The, not his son, right? The kid. The, yeah, the kid that became emperor. The Yeah, no. like that kid. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. I, it's better than like the original. Did you ever hear the original pitch for Gladiator 2? Yes, and I'm sad that they're not making that. Yeah. That is a bucket of insanity that I wish they had made. Yeah, that is a pile of peyote guts, man. Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was something like basically the gods send him back. Hell yeah. Earth. It was this whole, it got, it got wild. It was like literally the plot of God yeah. of War, I think, is yeah. Like, yeah. Really like what it was, which I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, no, Dude, I'm totally on board. Rad. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get Russell so, Crowe back as Zeus. Oh my God. <laughs> With his yeah, amazing the accent. Of, the best part of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I've been gagging to see um, the Pope's exorcist. <laughs> oh man, that is some supremely insane accent work. That's I'm a right. Pope. Yeah, I, heard, I think I was listening to... <laughs> the spooky um, ghost. <laughs> I like to listen to uh, this other movie podcast. It's called How Did This Get Made? Classic podcast. I think they were talking about it and I was like, by the end, I'm like, I have to watch this movie. Yeah. It's one of those instances where you... That podcast is so great where you're like, this movie sounds so fucking nuts. I have to watch the movie. Yeah. And you turn the podcast off, watch the movie, and then go back to them doing their commentary. It's great. I think that's that's oh, what yeah. made me watch Geostorm. Um, mm, classic. Yeah. Um, all right. So for some people, they sort of consider this movie a home run. Others, like Will, consider it a bunt. 
Do you, I mean, do you think like other Spielberg movies, like down the line, I, I was always watching that through this lens because, you know, every Spielberg movie at some point becomes like a, a classic, right? And right. I just, I, I can't really grasp it around this one in like 20 years because the, the references will be dated. I think it just doesn't really. Well, the references are already out. 80s references, so they're already dated. For the most part, <laughs> but I think the, the context of it, I don't know. I mean, maybe it will be like, maybe by the time Ready Player Two comes out. Mm. Know, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, watching this now, and it's funny because I watched Duel for the first time not too long ago. Like, oh, his first, what like, a movie. movie! Did you see the that movie version? Do you see What's the extended up? version or the the TV version? I don't know which. I think I saw the TV version because I saw the ninety minute one. It yeah. was whatever was on Criterion. So they made they 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 he went back and shot an extra thirty minutes of footage and made it a full feature because yes. it did so well. But Duel is a masterpiece. Oh, it's so you just good. See, where Spielberg comes, it's a masterpiece. I, I I remember the first time I saw that, I go, man, this movie's amazing. Does that take yeah. place in Ohio? Can we swap? <laughs> <laughs> it takes place I in California, I think. Yeah, California, obviously a lot of it shot in Arizona too. Like mm-hmm. uh, There was just yeah. a lot of it where I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been on that freeway. Um, but it's one of those, you know, just the whiplash I got from like watching that and then going to this, it's just like, oh my God. Well, he used I, all the tech from this and the Fablements, right? Yeah, it was all. That was, that was, that Seth was Rogen was never. That, that was his blank check after this. <laughs> yeah. I, you the know, uh, is great. But rewatching it, this is un, for me undoubtedly his worst movie. Like worse like, than miles. Crystal Skull. Yeah, I, I'm on record. I don't think there's a bad Indiana Jones movie. I like them all. Really? Um, I don't like them all as much as each other, right. but I can watch any of them if you're like hey let's watch this one i'm like yep it's worse than crystal skull but not better than that first episode of columbo yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just uh i got missus to watch indiana jones dial of destiny the other day and i was like i think you're gonna really like it and she did she thought it was awesome i liked it fun such a fun movie yeah i love the opening but the whole time portal thing kind of sucked me out of it disagree i sucked the shit out of it it sucked me off of it in the end i I, ollie and i were talking about it I, i was saying like that part in particular felt like old school Lucasfilm to me, like mm-hmm. 80s Lucasfilm that yeah, I was just true. like, oh, I need maybe to, to like, watch it, it felt again. like it would have been on the Indiana Jones TV show. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay, I was like, okay. oh, I love it. Love it. Give me this. I thought it was really, I thought it was great. It felt like an Indiana Jones movie. I thought the action scenes are great. Like that car chase with the going through, I think they're in Egypt or something like that. But it was, uh, yeah, I think that movie was great. Um, and it's on yeah. Disney Plus right now, if you haven't seen it. Um, I'm kind of looking at Spielberg's, like, you know, I mean, the guy's got, look at the movies he's done since the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, starting with Duel, all the way up to The Fablemans in 2022. The Fablemans is basically like his just therapy session. I mean, every single yeah. movie that he's made is about broken homes and divorce. He never really got over it. And then he just made a movie about his parents' divorce. Mm-hmm. And like... <laughs> Like no one and, went to see it, and that's um, and that's and that's Munich, right? You're talking about yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm looking because, like, you know, you got favorites. I never saw West Side Story, and I've heard people say it's brilliant. I, like, I love it. Yeah. yeah, I just haven't. seen I'm not it. even a musical guy, and I yeah. love that. There's Ready Player One, then it, the Post. I only saw that once. I thought it was very good. The BFG. I only saw it once. Didn't kind of work for me. Bridge of Spies, I obsessed with. I love it. I watch it all the time. Great. Such a dad movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I <laughs> saw Lincoln once. I never saw War Horse. Um, Events of Tintin was good. Crystal Skull, eh. Munich, excellent. War of the Worlds, yeah. very good. The Terminal, I enjoy it. Um, Terminal's great. Yeah. And like, it's incredible. That's that Tom Hanks airport yeah. one, right? Yeah. No, we brought that up last time. Catch <laughs> Me If You Can, Minority great. Report, uh, AI. Great. I mean, the guy's great. a legend. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's done just some of the greatest movies. It is absolutely wild to me. But I will say, yeah. well, I will say that Ready Player One is maybe at times lazy. And it comes down mm-hmm. to the story. It's just like, let's just move it along, shall we? You know, okay, this is because. Why? Because. All right. To the point where there's a part in the movie where they, the whole thing is they're trying to get these keys to get to like the next whatever. There's a part where they're in the shining uh, scene and one of the characters is like, hey, we just found the key, like just completely off screen. And I'm like, oh, so we don't even care about like the quest going on right now. It's just, and the one last thing I'll say about this movie that drove me insane (laughs) is they have to introduce everything twice there are two different scenes where it's like he meets like H for the first time in person and all the other members. And then when um, the girl uh, birthmark face, I yep. forget her name. Uh, when she shows face. up, yeah, birthmark face. when she shows up, they introduce all the characters the same way again. Like, Oh yeah, I'm H. I'm actually a girl. Oh wait, I'm actually, the-. I'm like, we just did this 10 <laughs> minutes ago. I didn't forget who they were. And the movie is chock full of scenes like that, where it's like, you have to do this to get the thing. And then they go somewhere like, wait, we have to do this to get the thing. And I'm like, I know mm-hmm. that's what you just said. Mm-hmm. So the movie does that all over the place. And I just, that, that's what I mean by like, you know, 20 minutes in, I want to put my head through a wall where I'm like, I stop repeating things. I know, I know we have to go get these keys. Stop saying you have to go get it's the keys. just chock full of MacGuffins that don't go yeah. anywhere. I'm going to have to get you a Ready Player One t-shirt or something. (laughs) (laughs) I watched Um, Ready Player One and all I got was this lousy (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Well, let's let's leave uh, the the pure Ohio. Take the goggles off. (laughs) That's back into reality. Let's come back to the real world. Uh, Ohio Air. Let's talk Major League. Um, Let's have some fun talking Major League. It starts off with a Randy Newman song. Um, as most baseball movies should, <laughs> yeah, as most uh, movies should. Funny enough, it's the the name of the song is called "Burn On," and it's an ode to the, to the infamous day in Cleveland when the heavily polluted river caught fire in 1969. <laughs> yeah. Rad! That's yeah. awesome. That's our introduction. Is a song talking about when Cleveland was so dirty it caught fire. <laughs> yeah, I was watching this movie with subtitles on because I'm I'm old now. And uh, you, it's, uh, you can read the lyrics. I'm like, oh, no. This is not at all how I remember it. Which is like a perfect Randy Newman song. Like, yeah. if, you, if anybody listens to his music, like outside of like the Toy Story ones, like that's right in his, that's in his Q zone. Is, yes. Yes. Can I take something horrible and make it charming? Make it charming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, charming is definitely, I think, uh, this movie. I think it's, um, it's ridiculous um, as it is fun as it is average it never goes too far you know what i mean it's kind of like it's just like had anyone not seen this before anyone i I had not seen this you had not seen this no um this was my first one i thought i had seen this and then like 20 30 minutes in i was like wait a minute this is in bull durham (laughs) yeah i was like i don't know what movie i was saying i think i was also expecting it to be more like a national lampoon's Mm. movie like really over the top and silly um but (laughs) right um so i so yeah i had never seen this film before Mm. so i think and i went in with like different expectations but i ended up really really enjoying it okay yeah yeah no so let's stick with that then it's like your your initial your initial reaction so you basically when you're not really knowing anything were you surprised at some of the actors that were turning up 
I was you know, I was blown away. I did not know Tom Ber- Berenger was in this, and so when he showed up, I'm like, wait. And he's like, like the main comedy? actor. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, so this is like a comedy. Like he's a romantic lead, and it's Tom Berenger. Those do not go together. In and he's got head. bad knees. Man, this movie was so relatable to me now. Like, <laughs> like, when yeah, I first watched it when I was younger, I was like, oh yeah, Ricky Vaughn all the way. But now I'm like, ah, oh, my knees hurt. I get that. <laughs> and then it's interesting that we've got Tom Berenger and Charlie Sheen together. You know, when you think was their their Vietnam movie, the Platoon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even put that together until just. And they have that scene where they pass each other on the bases, like "I love you" in Wall Street. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Didn't get that as yeah. Rewatching this again, like I for sure thought Charlie Sheen had a much much bigger role in this Mm. movie, but that must that's definitely the sequel. But this is very much just like Tom Berenger do baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rene Russo. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I forgot she was in this movie as well. I mean, yeah. she's an absolute. She's yeah. gorgeous. She's just oh she's my God, so yeah. fun. I yeah. love I love everything Rene Russo is in, but like and when she turned up, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking and of then, the Thomas uh, Crown affair. <laughs> yeah, I'm always thinking of Thomas Crown affair. <laughs> and then uh Dennis Haysbert uh as yeah. um what is his character's name? Uh, uh, Serrano. Serrano. Um it took me a moment to recognize because I know him from 24. Like I'm a massive 24 fan. And yeah. so I just all of a sudden I'm like, is that the president? And it, like, what mm-hmm. accent is he doing? And I just immediately I was like, oh, my God, he's here. He's, I, was, I believe he's a Cuban refugee in yes. this movie. Yeah. So he practices like voodoo. Freedom of religion so he can yeah. practice voodoo. He's yeah. trying to get that skeleton key, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to swap bodies with Willie Mays Hayes. Oh shit! Well, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the premise of uh, this movie, for those that haven't seen it, is essentially the setup for the very beginning of Ted Lasso. Um, yeah. Where yeah, I said that to you. Yeah, I'll get into that. That's very important to me. <laughs> but it's like um, Margaret Witten um, basically is a former showgirl who was married to a billionaire, but the billionaire has died, so now she owns the team. She doesn't like Cleveland. She wants to go to Florida, and so. She has found that if she can basically um, make the team suck so bad that no one comes to watch games. A team that is already doing horribly. She has to make them do more horribly. If she makes them be super, super terrible, then they'll be able to leave and go and have a new stadium and everything built in Florida. So she puts together this team of... Like Tom Berenger, veteran catcher. He's playing in the Mexican League um, when he's got Great. knees. You've got Charlie Sheen. <laughs> the first time we meet Charlie Sheen, he's on the phone, but he's in prison. <laughs> which, yeah, which I love gonna... that. The California <laughs> Penal League lines yeah. get me every time. Now that I understand it. Great. And then, uh, yeah, and then goes uh, Corbin, Corbin Burnson is at uh, Dawn. Yeah, he's kind of like in the second movie, he's very much like the butt of all the jokes. Yeah, and this one. Uh, I'm really shocked good. he came back for that. Uh, probably because the, the his film, The Dentist, didn't do very well, so he had to keep doing this, I guess. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then in a surprise sort of role, like because again, I'd, I'd only seen the sequel a million times, but it was um, when Wesley Snipes turns up. I go, what? Yeah. Wesley Snipes? Yeah. In this? Now, hang on, he's not in the sequels, but he is not. Yeah, yeah that's no. what I mean. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's so great in this, and so charming, and. He was my favorite character. In he movie. shows just, up in a Volkswagen yeah. Beetle that's made to look like a Rolls Royce. That's yes. hilarious. So funny. That was hilarious. so good. I was and, cracking up. But my my favorite is the performance from the coach, who I, I think I only know him from these two films. James Gammon. That guy. Yeah, he's definitely been in other things. And I, I look through his filmography and I'm like, I, wow. He made like I, the I perfect cowboy. Stuck out. Like, he's just so grizzled yeah. and he's got that gravelly voice. Fantastic. 
using Cool Hand Luke, Natural Born Killers, Cold Mountain. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. see that. Yeah, it's, the thing is, he does like, he's got that look that you're almost convinced if he sort of shouts a bit too much, he's going to keel over. Yeah. Which happens in the sequel. Yeah, I think he does, right? Yeah, he has a heart attack. And coaches from from the hospital, I think. <laughs> you have seen this one. Uh, and then we got, was it Bob? How do you say his name? Bob Wecker? Bob, Bob Euchre. Bob Euchre. He's the guy. He's, he's kind of like the beating engine that powers the movie. Yeah. You know, he's just that voice. And he's got such a great voice. And he's just doing so much, like, comedy in yeah. his commentaries and stuff like that. Which Famously is- a baseball, already a baseball announcer. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's what he did. That's what he was known for. That's why he was picked for the yeah. film yeah. and uh, was known for doing commentary that was similar to to like what yeah. you see in this film. It's so good. His the the lines he drops are so fucking perfect. And he's always just he's always drinking. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> and the second yeah. one in particular, he's just like he's kind of like this. He gets like absolutely. Oh shocked. yeah. It is so funny. But what? And then so they put a team together. They go to spring training, but in Tucson. In Tucson, yes. And so we had Charlie Sheen in Tucson. It wasn't a sequel to The Wraith, unfortunately. But but then it just sort of gets up into... Up here it was. Up here it was. <laughs> up here. In the Oasis it was. Oh, um, and it just, okay. th- at that point, it just becomes just a classic sports movie of, um, all right, you know, guys go off, yeah. get into some banter. The team sort of builds. They start all, winning. And you've got all the players kind of- have their individual problems that they have to work through. And they have to, they have to come together as a team. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Like, and uh, overcome these things. Charlie and, Sheen. Charlie Sheen actually was a pitcher in high school. He got a scholarship. So he could put them. Um, I was going to say, seeing him throw like fastballs, it's him doing it in slow yep. motion compared to the other pitcher they had on their team, which through some very clever editing could barely throw a pitch. <laughs> like throw a pitch. It was yeah. just. Uh, yeah, he was a weird, uh, a weird bit of casting. Um, He's from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He plays like the drill instructor in Hell. That's yeah, that's from. right. Um, he's in Basic Instincts as well. Um, oh, yeah. But it's like, uh, yeah, I found it like as a pitcher. I go, this guy's seventy-five years old. What is he doing yeah. pitching? <laughs> like, well, that's why he puts like Vaseline and all this goofy shit everywhere. Yeah, got, like vaginal and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> that he brought from home. But then, but, that, but the thing about it is, it's like it's a real simple. It's a real simple yeah. movie. It just it, the the charm of the movie is just all of the all of them doing great work. Like you know, Charlie Sheen's quite fun. Like as as wild thing, he's got that ridiculous haircut. He's always not, never got sleeves on. The scene when they're in the this fancy restaurant together, and he's wearing a jacket, sleeves gone, a tie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a tie around his like bare chest. It's like, I feel like a banker. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's great. Or when they do the commercial later on and again, cool. they all have suits yeah. on and just get the sleeves. Which a joke like, they tried to do again in the sequel that was just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what do they do? Because I haven't seen the it's second It's for, um, I think it's for like speed stick, like a deodorant. But I remember the, oh. the, the Willie Mays Hayes character sliding in and saying, don't steal home without it. Great. Mm. No notes. Well, yeah. so apparently that's another thing is that while um, Wesley Snipes is great um, and can do some awesome kicking and stuff like that, um, not very good at baseball. And in fact, uh, you'll notice that you'll never see him throw a ball because he couldn't. <laughs> Basically, the guy, guy could not throw a ball. Yeah, but he's stealing bases all the time and he ain't got time to throw. Yeah, that is um, <laughs> like it's all just it's it just works, doesn't it? It just mm-hmm. works as a movie. There's 
It does exactly what it says on the tin. It doesn't get overly complicated, but what it does have, and kind of like we were touching on at the beginning, is phenomenal, phenomenal access. Because yeah. mm-hmm. at no point does it feel like you're shooting, they're shooting on like an empty field. You know, yeah. when it that gets to the big huge. moments, big yeah. games, shots, like the shot where Tom Berenger is pointing, you know, and awesome. the camera is so low and you've got three levels of crowd behind him and they're all going bonkers. Then I'm like, wow. I mean, this thing, it just brings... So much production value to the movie is that Cleveland and the Cleveland Indians at the time just were like, yeah, go crazy. Whatever you well, need. Because up until yeah. this movie got made, they were talking about moving the team to Miami. So it just hit very close to home. I'm just going to get out of that. You had it going. I was kind of like, is that the actual story? Because I was just Do you imagine again, the Miami shocked. Indians said – that like the Cleveland Indians were like, yeah, yeah, just however you want to you want to portray us as like, yeah, we're losers, we're a loser team, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That was just like, wow, I can't believe, like, I, I can't picture a team doing that. Only today. Cubs were like, hold my beer, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Their team still yeah. do it. I mean, when like yeah. uh, the Oak- Oakland, they're going, they're going to Vegas. I mean, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. Oakland just is this story. It's just basically happened. It's like there's nobody in the stands. Like three people have been watching them play. And, yeah, it's tough. And that's it. It's, it's the end of yeah. an era. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, they, got, they threw a little bit. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> like, like Charlie Sheen sleeps with one of the guy's uh, wives or gets tricked in. Immediately. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so Roger Dorn, who is like, I guess you can classify him as he's like, he's, he's a baseball player, but with none of the talent. So he like, he can't feel, he's just, he was on a team and he was just collecting checks. He, he, he's like, he's golfing, he's banking. And the, the team is celebrating this huge victory. And his wife is at home watching the interview on TV and sees them at a hotel. And he brings a woman in a room and does the classic, like look back, high five, go into the room. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to fuck someone else. And then, (laughs) She does. And, and then it cuts to, I guess, um, uh, Charlie Sheen and Tom Berenger's characters live together because he's at his apartment and he, yeah. his wife leaves. She's like, hey, Raj. And she just, or whatever his name was, and just leaves. And he's like, and Charlie Sheen is just like, oh, no, I, I had no idea. <laughs> Which sets up yeah. the whole kind of third act. Yeah, I was kind of confused by their living situation. I was like, baseball is like a fireman thing where like they all bunk together in case like they make the league minimum game. Only only at the camp. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like I said, Jake's getting the, yeah, he's getting paid the the league minimum. So there's others like, like Dawn who's living in his massive house, you know what I mean? And things like that. And then there's other players who are just happy to be there. Right. So it's got kind of like, you've got the Tom Berenger character who's like just, He's kind of like um, uh, in Bull Durham is um, Kevin Costner's thing. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. It's the, you know, he's the catcher. He's aging. He just wants to stay for as long as he can. Um, you got Charlie Sheen, who is exactly the same thing as like with uh, Tim Robbins. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, you've got to bring this, this pitcher. You've got to figure him, like control his arm and things like that. So it's like, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, there's a lot of overlaps. This is just yeah. basically Bull Durham. There's only too. so much you can do with yeah. a baseball movie. You know, that's not the Sandlot. Well, you right. could get a small kid to have surgery on his arm and give him an incredible pitch, right? There's always right. that. Really. So Field of the dreams. Right. Field, 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 yeah. Field, <laughs> Field of dreams. And he also sees angels, right? Angels <laughs> You're talking about a kid in King Arthur's Court, right? That's the uh, movie, you guys. <laughs> the kid from American Pie who. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> all of them. All of them. But like, um, but all that being said, it's like it's yeah, like like we've just said, it's pretty cookie cutter. 
It's pretty good mm-hmm. cutter, cutter. It gives you what you want, but it's it made seventy million dollars. Seventy like off a ten the, million dollar budget. I like the montage scenes you get. I think you get it in the opening where. You know, you get that scroll of just how horrible this team is. And then it cuts to different vignettes of people throughout the city that are like, ah, oh, they fucking suck this year. Then you have the, the Japanese, <laughs> the, the groundskeepers, which pop up in the sequel. Um, and I think you have the the one guy on the construction site who's also like the janitor from Scrubs. I call yes, it, right? I, 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 like, oh, that, I know that yeah. guy. Yeah. I do like how. So, yeah, that's kind of so throughout the movie, they cut to. Um, different sort of people around Cleveland. To sort it's of like people it. describing Spider-Man, like in yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. They're like, ah, he's a menace. Or like, it's, no, uh, he's doing good for the city. He stinks and I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I do like that. But it was also quite funny that I, later on when they, they're, in the, um, they're in the bar watching like the pennant game and stuff. And that guy who'll be seen as a construction worker throughout the movie is no longer in a construction site, but he's in the bar, but he's still wearing his construction helmet. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we can, so we can identify yes. him. It's like, oh, it's yeah. that yeah. guy. In yeah. case you forgot what he did. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, it would take you out of the immersion if he, he wasn't. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And I, and I love the sequel yeah. too. And I, I have no shame in that. Um, I'm going to check out the sequel for sure now after seeing this. Because uh, I really enjoyed my watch. It's not. Yeah. It's it's still fun. I, I know exactly what Ryan's going to say. Is it's not the first. And one. during this pan, fun. just to just to go back during the pandemic, you were very very much into Ted Lasso, and I didn't have Apple TV, but you were like this that this show really helped me through some difficult times. And I remember watching. I think I was on a flight back somewhere, and I watched the first two or three episodes just because I had it on the TV in front of me. I was like, oh, I can finally watch this the way it was intended on an airplane, on a hungover on a plane <laughs> flight back to Phoenix. And I watched the first thing. I'm like, the first episode in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is just the plot to Major League. Like, it's the scorn mm-hmm. woman who owns this team now who wants them to do horribly. And boy, was I like pleasantly surprised that that was not where the show went. And by episode two, I'm crying on an airplane now, <laughs> like an emotional fucking wreck watching Ted Lasso. Yeah, so I, I love the overlap, but I love that they go very different yeah, ways. It does. It, it's very, by the end of the first episode, you're convinced, oh, well, we're just going to watch Major League. I'm like, okay. Which I would have been fine with. Yeah, I, I was on board. board. I just yeah. didn't realize it was also then going to, you know, tear out my soul yeah, every yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, my mental health. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because I, I had this, the you know, because obviously I've seen Ted Lasso. So watching this movie, the first five or ten minutes, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Did uh did Ted Lasso rip yeah. the show off? Or like, <laughs> Danny off? Rojas shows up, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah, just just like you guys are saying, it's like Ted Lasso. Yeah. If uh, there was no like friendship or heart that brought the owner and the coach and all them. Together. Yeah, that's true. And I do love, but I do love <laughs> the dynamic of you have similar to Ted Lasso. You have you know she's the owner of the team, the the Indians, and you have her business partner who's just stressed mm-hmm. out all the time because deep down he loves the team. Mm-hmm. Right. He wants them to do well, and he's like he's clapping, and she's like Richard, and he you know recoils yeah. and. He's just, he's so pent up. He's just got like a bottle of Maalox in his front <laughs> pocket. He's just chugging. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they, um, Tom Berenger trying to woo Rene Russo was like, like he yeah. follows her home and then he yeah. walks into her apartment. I'm also like, there are apartments where the elevator doors open into the apartment. Into the apartment, yeah. How does that work? How does that, I would never feel safe in my apartment. Anyone no, that's walk so in? scary. Yeah, that is. I don't uh, understand. That makes no. Uh, sense. In those instances, you need a key to like. Turn, but I don't know how he got it. Like, but um, yeah, they're the history of their relationship, which is 
kind of barely explored is like they had this history. She was also uh, an athlete. She was a swimmer. And uh, they had this well, this on again, off again, because, you know, he was a young, hot ball player and he was just stooping everybody. Right. Yeah. He's like, what, are, and and he said like, he's like, what am I going to do? Not. No, yeah, and he's, he's like, I had to prove she had a, you had a better body. And she's yeah. like, I, of course, I had a better body. And the whole <laughs> library turns around, great. But, <laughs> but it's like, oh, so he was kind of a sleaze bag, but now he's like, hey, I'm no longer a sleaze bag. Yeah, I'm putting together a team. My 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 <laughs> knees hurt. I can't get I can't get the quality ass I used to. I'll settle for Renee Russo. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, Aww. she's like, fine, I'll call off the engagement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just. <laughs> I do love when he shy, man. Yeah, I do love when he shows up to that dinner party in almost a crocodile Dundee type scenario where every hoity-toity person is just like super into him, and they're like, "Oh, you were the one woman is like very horny for Tom Berenger, and he just has these like baseball player, yeah, yeah." Yeah. Oh, you play baseball. Oh, okay. And even her husband's like, yeah, I'll watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was, I'm he was in, really in this. <laughs> but like, no, I did like that scene as well because he was being um, – because it was just basically just a dick measuring contest between yeah. her, her fiance and him, but it was really fun. I was actually enjoyed. Yeah. he was he was being a good dick. About it. When they leave, when he leaves, he's like, "Yeah, he shakes." He's like, "Yeah, go fuck yourself." And, he's yeah. just, he's just, <laughs> and it's just a test. Tom Berenger is so good as this type of like Kevin Costner adjacent baseball player. You know, mm-hmm. very fits very well in this. I think this movie is so well cast, and everyone just kind of works. They really did double down on some of these characters in the sequel. To a oh, maybe to a fault, I don't know. Yeah, the voodoo one. Ooh. Yeah, you've, yeah, everyone's doing it. The chap, the Japanese guy was. Oh yes. And then because you have then you have the catcher who can't catch or can't throw, and then they hire on like this all-star baseball player who's kind of a dick, and then gets traded to the Yankees, and they have this. It's just fucking great. I got to watch the sequel now. It's great. It makes the women here in Cleveland puke. puke. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Parkman doing his little shimmy. But again, <laughs> Oh, sorry. He is in the sequel. Yes. Yes. Okay. I think the only one that didn't really return was Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just Wesley. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the interesting thing about Tom Berenger is I remember like um, uh, Oliver Stone was talking about when he did Platoon um, about how so up until then Tom Berenger had always played the good guy and was like, no, we're going to make you the bad guy. And the same, it was the, the opposite for Willem Dafoe had always mm. been sort of playing a bad guy and they're going to make him the good guy. And it's like deliberately switch playing against type and it worked i mean tom berenger mm-hmm. in platoon scares the shit out of me <laughs> yeah he yeah he's yeah. he's terrifying that's why he's great that in movie. like the that's why he's great in all seven substitute movies i just kidding i think he's only in the first one but still <laughs> he's only in the first one treat but still it's great tree, yeah still still great movie and then sniper mm-hmm. was another one i remember it's him and billy zane right they're yeah. snipers yeah i don't know why i remember that movie but it was awesome he was yeah. also in uh, inception wasn't he Yes. That's yeah. like, because yeah, Christopher Nolan likes to do that. He likes to, you know, find a Matthew Modine, find a Tom Berenger, find, you know, someone from the from the yeah. back in the day and put them back in one of his movies. It just kind of works, yeah. I like that. Berenger was good. Yeah, it was a fun movie. I mean, like, Will, yeah. so, I mean, like, you know, you shout all over Ready Player One, but what would you, you know, your review of Major League? That is a, on your list, would you buy it? Is it going to go in your library? I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd buy it i don't know if i'd go that far but i did really enjoy it and i had a great time watching it i think mm. just because there are there are so many other baseball movies i could think of off the top of my head that i would buy first before i'd buy this one but i'm definitely intrigued enough now to check out the second one mm-hmm. um and i had a great time watching this it's a fun watch for sure yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah. It's it, it's not going to make you angry. It's, I mean, it's there's a reason. It's like it's such a. Cl- I mean, as with most baseball movies, are they are timeless classics, and I think this is another one that's just a very culty kind of fun watch. And uh, yeah, I love. Yeah, this baseball movie. movies are a lot more fun to watch than baseball. I find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Just cuts right. Through. I love to. Mrs. and I. We like to watch baseball live. We like to go to a stadium and watch it, and yeah. you know, have a beer and a hot dog. That is a classic way to do it. But yeah, baseball sure. on TV. It, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, totally agree. It's the golf of sports. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, golf. Sorry, baseball. I saw a I saw a shirt the other day. I actually did a video. I haven't posted it yet, but I was in uh, Cracker Barrel, and uh, it's the most American willingly. <laughs> yeah, I was going for breakfast. <laughs> it was the most American thing I've ever seen in the store. It was just a T-shirt that just said football. Mm-hmm. Didn't say I love football or football dad or I play. It just the word. Football. And it was spelled F U T B O L, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the uh, <laughs> okay, okay. European word. Okay, okay. Um, that's, uh, that's actually it's like seeing a shirt that just says sports. That's exactly yeah, what I say in my yeah. video. That's exactly okay. I should have just said sports <laughs> exclamation mark. You gotta watch uh, your videos, man. Come on, I got a podcast to do. <laughs> that's why back uh, before the Washington Commanders, uh, before they uh, picked an official name for their team, I don't know what they were called before that, but uh, in that weird middle period, they were just like the Washington football team. Washington football. I wanted to buy all that merch because I'm oh, like, I yeah. can't. That's like in a movie where you can't get the license to something. Yes. And it's just they like, didn't oh, go it's with the football team. I loved it. They didn't go with that was, Sporty McSportface. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's the only thing yeah. that would have been better. They've yeah. got the internet to name them. It would have been amazing. Yeah, that was so funny. I was like, and, and now comes the Washington football team. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I loved it. It was amazing. Um, but speaking of Loved It, there was one more movie that we attacked this week. Um, and it's a classic. And I was like, you know, again, I told you the first time I saw it was on a plane. And, and very and then often, a train, then an automobile. Yeah. Well, and this was one of those cases that's very often happened. Is like I've said to you guys before, is that, you know, back in the day before international TV and stuff like that, we didn't know what Saturday Night Live was. So all of these guys and people that would turn up, guys and girls with these movies, are just comedy movies for us. Like for you guys, it's, oh, it's the guys from SNL. We know these guys. Whereas we're like, we have no idea who these people are. Mm-hmm. So like when, you know, when I first saw it, you know, I think that was my introduction to Chris, Chris Farley was Tommy Boy. And he's so good in this movie. He's just, yeah. he's so, so good. But yeah, let's, uh, let's get into Tommy. So you, you thought Wayne's World was based on a book? Is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Wayne's World was just a movie that came out. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like, and it was a big movie. We loved it. Wayne's World, kicked, you know, it killed it yeah. Yeah. In, um, in the UK. But it's like, yeah, we heard, then we heard these sort of rumors because then it started turning up on TV. The little way they started doing actual Wayne's World episodes, like, you know, ah. short 10 minute episodes and stuff would come on late at night. You're like, oh, okay. Right. But yeah. Right, right. So for this case, Tommy Boy, I saw her on a plane randomly. And I, was, I remember I saw it one more time. So I don't really know it as well as, say, like you guys do. Or my missus, she knows it like, you know, she quotes it all the time. Brother's got a hug. Um, but in this very watch. Very quotable movie, for sure. It's very quotable. But this watch, you know, is where I was like, I thought, and I said it at the beginning, that I think, is this the best SNL movie? Discuss. What do you think, Will? That's tough for me to say because I often make the case that the only reason I exist is because of Blues Brothers which is another SNL movie that was my parents oh, yeah. first date so you were conceived during Blues Brothers yeah you keep saying that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the case but it was uh but you know obviously had that been a terrible movie and the night went bad uh who knows it could uh, have been Blues Brothers happened. 2000 I mean <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah, he'd be a completely yeah. different person 
It's 106 <laughs> miles. Obviously, somebody who liked Ready Player f- One. Got a full um, tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, and no condom. That's where Will came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but man, in terms of like SNL movies, this is definitely like up there. Like this is, yeah. you know, and like I said, at the time I was a kid, I was big into like SNL uh, at that time in particular. Um, was very formative to how I view comedy. And uh, yeah, this movie came along at the perfect time. Like I said, Chris Farley was like a hero. And uh, man, like I've seen this movie so many times. So I, I think it's definitely, uh, definitely after this, I don't think SNL movies were anywhere near as good. Um, there were some okay ones, but most mostly like well, I think you, where it peaked. you have that divide too, where it's like an SNL movie that's based on a character someone did on SNL, like a Wayne's World or Night at the Roxbury or, or mm-hmm. like a superstar for lack of a better. Whereas this one is just a very original. It's got cast members yeah. from SNL, but it's a very original kind of story. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were still on SNL making it. They were having to fly back and rehearse, you know. So yeah. they're making a movie, and then you'd have to every four days fly back to New York, do rehearsals, do the show, get back on a plane. Yeah go back continue making the movie which i can only imagine would have been so stressful it just sounds <laughs> yeah. grueling like yeah. it just it doesn't sound fun at that and point. then you add in like all the drinking and the cocaine and it's just <laughs> knowing everything that was going on behind the scenes that that, uh, that to me was because i had just seen um i think vice did a series called the dark side of comedy where they would they would have actual cast members talking about like chris farley for example and everything he was going through and just how his childhood and his his father was a big man and he he dealt with being big himself and it was just kind of a heartbreaking thing that he just kind of immersed himself in this comedy it was just a giant lovable teddy bear and i'm watching you know tommy boy with that fresh in my mind so it was kind of like a hard thing to to watch like Mm -hmm. watching him be this absolute physical presence doing these cartwheels and just just being at the top of his game and this movie being a an absolute gargantuan hit I know we talked about this, like you said, you know, he was in the front running to voice Shrek and you listen to that and just adds that level of like that, that, um, that vulnerability. Mm. And I think he's got that in this and it's. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever watched it with the animatics with Chris Farley's voice? Yeah. And it does. It's a very different Shrek. It's almost too perfect. Nothing against Mike Myers, but it's Mm -hmm. such a different tone. It's him as that character. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, uh, you know, again, same thing. No disrespect to Mike Myers. I think it would have been a better movie, mm. like for sure. Because I definitely Shrek, I could not stand his accent in that movie. It maybe I still don't like, I know, hot take for a millennial, but I don't like the Shrek movies. I, I don't think they work. I think they're just. You're you know, a puss and boots man, though. You've gone on record saying. Oh, huge, huge, huge puss man, I always say. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got a gaping hole and you can only fill it with. With puss. <laughs> <laughs> huge puss Wait a minute. I said it out loud for the first time and yeah. now it sounds weird. Um, but, uh, <laughs> our, ladies and gentlemen, our resident puss man. <laughs> That's the t shirt there. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you're killing me. My face on, on the puss and boots body and it just says puss man. <laughs> oh, oh my Ryan's God. Already designing it. I guarantee. Write that, write that down. <laughs> um, for those that haven't seen it, um, also the best piece of casting ever in casting Brian Dennehy as his dad. Oh, yeah. yeah. The guy from Rambo? Yeah. The, Come yeah. On. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when season. they're standing next to each other. So, so the plot of the movie is basically um, Tommy Boy has graduated from university after seven years. Um, <laughs> the best line, too. He's like, a lot of people yeah. go to college for seven years. He goes, yeah, yeah they're called doctors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, it's got a, um, an auto parts company in Sandusky, Ohio. It's like the center of the, the town. Um, and his dad uh, is getting married. So um, I guess mum passed on. He's getting married to Bo Derek, someone he met at a fat farm. And so he says um, it was his trainer. Uh, and her son, she's got a stepson, so that's Rob Lowe. At least that's what's presented to us. Now, unfortunately, and it's a bummer, but right at the beginning, at the wedding, um, Brian Denner, he dies, has a heart attack. And so it basically means that what's going to happen? The company needs to do something. And Tommy's like, I'll go out and I'll sell brake pads to America. And so it becomes this kind of road trip Our with him thing. and David Spade. Mm-hmm. And David Spade, every time he opens his mouth in this movie... It's, it's pretty much gold. The guy is on yeah. fire. The two of them are on fire in this movie. I love David Spade. Like for me, one of the, he, I always think of him, he's Cusco from Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Which is, to me is the funniest Disney movie ever made. It is mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah. Um, I, I still remember, I remember when I was in college and my friend Yaz came to me and she's like, have you seen The Emperor's New Groove? I'm like, no, no, no. She goes, it's so funny. No, we're going right now. And she just took me to the movie theater and bought tickets and just watched me watch it. Right, right? This movie's amazing. I was like, this movie is hilarious. But David yeah. Spade is, how does he do it? I mean, he's a, he's a little guy, but I tell you, he's got all this, like, he's got all this confidence and all this, like, just his wit is just yeah. so funny. He's, he's just, he's really good at not just um, making, like, snide comments, but he's got that, like you said, that confidence to just be like, I'm just going to throw this joke bomb out there yeah, and just let it land. And just however you guys react, I'm going to move on with my day, which just is, sharp. is just sharp. Yeah. Which is the kind of humor I always appreciate. Just kind mm-hmm. of like, all right, lob that out there. You guys deal with the consequences. Yeah. I'm moving on. So it's like I said at the beginning, I think I resonated with his personality so much more in this movie than say mm-hmm. like, um, than, than Chris Farley did just cause I'm just wasn't that type of person. And then, you know, then you, then you get into like the whole black sheep thing, which, Fucking bomb. But I still love that movie. I love it. Basically too. Tommy Boy 2, but with a political twist. That that movie has one of my favorite jokes in a black sheep where they're like, they're in the bat is in the cabin. And yeah. Chris Farley opens up the fridge and he's like, I got it. We'll trap it in here. How? Bats are attracted to light. That's moths, you moths, idiot. You idiot. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, great. just the dynamic of them two together is fine. I've never heard of this movie. Black Sheep. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's another um, road trip movie. It's like uh, it, um, uh, Chris Farley's brother is like running for office, and uh, he's trying to like drum up. Same thing. He's trying to drum up votes it's for almost the exact same brother. Movie. Yeah, but he's the black sheep of the family. Right, is the yeah. conceit. Oh. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Tommy Boy, though. Uh, yeah, Tommy yeah. Boy is. Um, so yeah, it just it becomes that it becomes so they go off together. It's a third movie I think we've had on the podcast, which plays the joke of. As the movie goes on, the car gets more and more fucked up. Yeah. yeah. It's just, <laughs> Almost immediately, he's like, hey, you still have the old GTX, huh? He's like, yeah, you keep the car, Jerry. Like, you keep, keep this thing, Jerry. And then just the, <laughs> the, the all of the, like, M&Ms. The candy, <laughs> the candy just going into it. It feels so you bad. You got a thin like, candy this, shell. This movie is so rapid fire, too, when it comes to all the jokes. Because you have that cold open of him as a child falling yeah. out of a fucking treehouse. <laughs> Fantastic. Running, running into the plane. And then, it, then the bus comes and it's that scene transition of him in college and he's rushing to get to class and he walks past the two, the two pretty college girls and goes, Hey, how you doing? It's <laughs> gym around here? Yeah. It's great. It's so good. So good. You can't and get then, through the um, door and then that girl just comes by and opens it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you have the Herbie Hancock line, which pops up later. It's, oh, it's, the movie that. is just it's rapid Herbie fucking Hancock. fire. Yeah. yeah. Great. And then, then you, then they meet. Like he gets off the airplane, 
He's like, oh, this has to be you. And it's just a taped up trash bag full of his shit. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, but yeah. Farley is so good at the physical and comedy comedy. Because he's just yeah. he's so physical with his comedy. The slapstick of just, you know, walking into things or just, you know, just yeah. being wild and crazy. Like really committing to top. the bit too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He goes, he's just at 200%. You know, when he goes for, when he goes for the physical comedy bits. And it's like, and it's kind of like what you were saying Ryan about it's like there's that the double-edged sword of like he plays into his bigness but you know he also was bummed about it but it's like it's also what makes him so incredible Mm. at the same time it's like I always think to the bravery and it's also so funny is like the the classic SNL um bit with uh when he's doing the Chippendales oh it's Swayze yeah yeah Swayze and you got you know Swayze dancing and looking incredible but you've got Chris Farley just stealing the show and just like He's yeah. so good, so funny. It's just, yeah, it, I love watching this movie. I loved it, but it did make me just like, oh man, like you miss Chris Farley. Because you just go, what That's, this guy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing watching it is, you know, because after he did this, he did like Beverly Hills Ninja and stuff. Like he he was which like I right after. Love that movie. Him and Chris yeah. Rock, great movie. Which, <laughs> you know, I, it's just, it's so sad because it was like such a big part of my childhood. He was right up there, like yeah. I said, Jim Carrey and all that. That hurt, with like, for sure. Comedy heroes. Um, and for me, it was even like Phil Hartman was also up there. So like when yeah. they had both passed away, mm-hmm. I was just, it was just devastating because it was like so much of my comedy identity had been like influenced by them. Um, that, yeah, when you watch it today and you watch like the Shrek animatic with his voice on it, you're just like, you really think what I wish been. he was still with us. Cause yeah. like where his career could have gone, like if he had started doing dramatic stuff too, like Sandler did. Mm-hmm. Like I bet he would have like he just would have torn your heart out. Could you imagine Chris so Farley and uncut gems? I mean, come on! Oh my god! <laughs> or having oh him god. pop up in a Christopher Nolan movie as some dude's uncle? I don't know. What, <laughs> yeah. what, what could have been? <laughs> yeah, just but, uh, yeah. just an uh, you know unimaginable amount of talent that was. And I, you're so right, Will. And I was watching this movie. I was worried that I was going to be so overwhelmed with like the, the the feeling of nostalgia for it that it just it would take me out of it by some of these movies do watching it for the podcast but no i'm like every line still hits every yeah. every beat it still works mm-hmm. there's nothing that doesn't that feels like super dated it just it's it is still very much a cult classic for a reason yeah it's you know? funny you should say that because that's actually how i went into it was worried a little bit because i know yeah. like i said i saw it on a plane i knew i saw it before and i know my missus loves it and I know a lot of people do, and I was kind of worried. Am I walking into one of those kind of I don't know, like uh, American things? You know, is it going to work? Is it going to really yeah. translate? Is it really? Am I misremembering this? Like, yeah. Did I is it really as good as people say it is? And as I'm watching it, and like, yeah, by the time I got to the end, I'm like, this movie's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it that, just why is it brilliant? I'm not quite sure. I mean, it does, it does so many things that like you know, like other movies have done, like the bit where they, I always remember they. They hit the the deer. The deer, yeah. Put it in the back of the car, but when it wakes up and just trashes his car yeah. and shit like that, I was yeah. just like, it was so funny. But that's so yeah. delayed too. Like from the time when they hit the animal yeah. to like where it goes back, it's like so long after. Like trains, planes, you, you forget that it's there. Forget. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> and then the, it's the bit where they they get pulled over and he's like, just follow my lead because David Spade is drunk and he's just screaming about the bees. The bees! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your firearms are useless against them. It's just so that like, was my favorite line. I knew every line to this movie. It was such like such a part of our lives growing. It was like the Austin Powers of its time. Like people were just quoting this movie left and right because it was so, so popular. 
And I, again, like I was worried. I'm like, ah, am I, am I misremembering this or, but no, the second I'm watching, I'm like it, all of the lines come back and I'm just reciting and I'm laughing out loud and it's, it still works very Who's well. Who's your favorite little rascal? Alfalfa? <laughs> that too like (laughs) i was too young to like really appreciate the humor of that but then you have the bit later on where he they keep david's big close to the deal he's got the donuts and he's like doing the housekeeping bit and then for whatever reason uh, tommy boy is wearing what looks like little boy's underwear yeah (laughs) is fucking crazy like (laughs) what why that's you know Interesting enough, the, the sinner scene, the bit where, for, for no reason, this Dinner. woman in the middle of the day, you know, it's not even... In late, a motel, yeah. In the middle of a yeah. hotel where everyone is looking at this pool, decides to take... A dirty, water. disgusting motel. <laughs> and then, yeah. um, but like, and as it's, so there's, I was getting into some of the, the, the interesting facts and stuff. There is like, so nine seconds or something would cut from the British version where, where you don't see like her, her bikini come off yeah. and then there's no sound of the unzipping. Right. So yeah. that's which, the, by the way, he's the very much wearing he's wearing boxer shorts in that scene. So there's nothing to unzip. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, Good and I think both his hands are up. So yeah. I was kind of like, what? What's happening? The, it, but it works. But it works. You, but it, yeah, well, yeah, the thing is that like, um, is that that's the version I saw on the plane. Is it, you know, because I was like, oh, that's right. I see now because that because mm. <laughs> he's making all these jokes, but there's been no like. Oh, there's no yes, allusion to him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's funny the uh, it's funny the other way. But yeah, yeah this movie's like, right. I mean, like one that I do I, ever since I was a child, since I saw this movie, is whenever I've got a desk fan. Luke, I, yeah, I used to have <laughs> when, when he walks into him on that scene, he's got like the robot arm. I used yeah. to have yes. that, and just being able to do the middle finger with it was so fucking. That's this fake Terminator arm. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I got to find another one of those. So great. Um, very, that was very nostalgic for me. It's it's well, so it gets interesting. Well, the plot's somewhat funny and ridiculous because it turns out that Bo Derek is actually boning Rob Lowe, and then it's a it was a fake marriage. Um, her long term plan had been to just eventually divorce him and take it, but now it's all kind of played off, and so they're just trying to sort of sell the company, um, take the money, and run. Very Adams Family values. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Um, you've got, uh, and then you've got um, Dan Aykroyd. Turning up as uh, Ray Zielinski, this uh, this rival rival guy, but the the bit that I didn't remember at all is the whole last fifteen minutes where Tommy accidentally <laughs> robs a bank. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Gun After he hit me over the head many many times with a hammer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he decides to dress up as a suicide bomber. And force his way in. Like, so the whole, the whole premise at the end of the movie is just ridiculous. Plan. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Just like I know it by heart. And it's just, it, again, like I was worried it's not going to land. This is so stupid, but it's very, very, very much still works for me. Yeah. I do, yeah. I do like the, just the, the fact that you're just like, ladies and gentlemen, can I have a minute of your time? And everyone just drops the floor. You throw, throws the guns <laughs> on the side. <laughs> <immediately. guns> <laughs> it's like, then you, like, get the, the, the third act of this movie becomes very, like, SNL sketchy like you have them on the plane then him in the bathroom which is again just like the peak of like physical comedy almost in like there's a lot of overlap with like uh, like a Clark Griswold type of character in this like um, you know even the scene at the motel with the pretty girl and then him and him in the airplane like um, Vegas vacation with the pen and he's just got the the child size life rest, which is him just grabbing and just as literally big, just as child size, and he just puts it on. 
<laughs> you're right. So many good bits. It's the bit where they do the Texas Texas, Texas switch with David. Spade. Yeah, which is real, yeah. which is done really in, well. And comes out. Yeah. And you're like, wow. So like suddenly David Spade has just changed in the blink of an eye, and then you get the exact opposite is Tommy Boy goes in there. Yeah. And I was like, the I love that he acknowledges time. it too. Like you don't ever get a cowboy switch where the character like acknowledges that it's happened. It's you yeah. know, Tommy yeah. standing there going like. Yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love that's one of my favorite underrated things is like because it, it's not that type of like surrealist type comedy like until that. that moment no. and i love that they just they sprinkle it in there real quick and move on but the character is like it works for that character like, yeah it yeah. works for both of those characters like david spade is very very on the nose and then but then you have that scene later where the engine fan blows his wig off yeah. which is like such like <laughs> It looks good. It's really clever. <laughs> it looks like, so good. I've wanted to ask him, like, like how, like, because how it must have been a ball cap on. Oh yeah, for they, sure. Yeah, like, definitely. But just it looks so good that I was just like, oh wow, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I for oh, me, yeah. it was just like the fact that that Chris Farley was able to get like two minutes of comedy out of changing Every the scene. bathroom. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like it's you know you put a guy in in a room that's basically the size of him, and you put a camera above him, and, above, and he yeah. just unleashes in this bathroom. And the everything that goes wrong, the thing falling on his head is he smashes through the toilet, and he's like bang, and then it cuts to David Spade just sitting there, and everyone looking back, hearing him like scrounging around in this bathroom, and then he just bursts through the door. It's just like yeah, the guy, the guy just gets it. another sort of good physical comedy part as well. We kind of I think we mentioned, but is um. Is the uncredited Roblo uh, oh, yeah. who turns up and he's just constantly he's peeing on something and getting electrocuted. He's being mauled by yeah. dogs. Everything's going wrong because he's a dick. He's just trying to destroy everything and it's all going wrong for him and it's really satisfying. It's kind and, of and Tommy just loves him unconditionally the second he meets him because he thinks yeah. they're like they're brothers. And he's never had a brother. It's phenomenal. I love the bit where he's like they go cow tipping and he. You don't even know what they're doing. And he's just like, you get your pick of the litter. Oh, she's a pretty one that just cuts the cow. <laughs> yeah, just, well, then you tip them over. And yeah. then what? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, but then, yeah, the comedy of like, he gets that face full of like mud and stuff. And then that next shot is all those cows running around. I go, that is Rob Lowe and Chris Farley. And yeah. like, that's actually yeah. a little dangerous. Like, yeah. I always thought it was funny where the cow steps on Tommy's head and smashes it into the the mud, so to speak, like. <laughs> nuts yeah it's great but it, it's um yeah it's a great it's kind of like you were saying that ready play one and often right and you'll say this about a movie is it's not the sum of its parts this is one of those movies that is greater than the sum of its parts yeah. it's just mm -hmm. got it's got that thing it's got that just that little bit of magic that's that's just there's a lot of heart there's a lot of heart in it and i and i think a lot of that comes from just chris farley being an absolute presence in this movie mm -hmm. more so than anything else really yeah, him being a presence, like, and then his chemistry work. with Spade, where like Spade yeah. is like the perfect straight man to it. Yeah, just very trains, planes, and automobiles, like that that kind of yeah. tone and vibe for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any interesting, uh, interesting sort of bits. But um, I mean, like if you had to choose, you know, um, clearly Ready Player One's the best of the three. No, I say so. Of the three movies, uh, Will, which do you think was your 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 number one, your best watch? The if someone is listening and hasn't seen any of these movies, which one mm. should they go to? Um, it is my gut reaction is Tommy Boy because you, you're seeing really the blue collar worker. Like even though it's a road trip movie, it still cuts back to Ohio and back to like the regular people, the factory, and the, that small town so much 
you're, you're never away from it for too long. Um, it's always like the road trip where they're somewhere else are always like kind of short, whatever scenes, but it always comes back to the small town, but major league, um, it's literally about the Cleveland Indians and literally about like the spirit of the town forming around this team. So that's what makes it kind of hard. Um, but my gut instinct is to still go with Tommy boy, because I think it's more the average people, um, even though you got these two very wacky characters who are the head of it, it's all about the people in Ohio, in the small town. Yeah. I mean, you're them. getting into the Ohio of it. Which one do you think is just the best movie? What Tommy, is, boy. What, Tommy boy is just that. Is that, what about I, you, Ryan? I, you know, it's so funny. I, I'm, I, I was thinking like, had you not seen Tommy boy, like when it came out, would that movie still have the same impact on you if you were watching it like for the first time, which is, it's a hard thing to say. Cause yeah, I, I don't know. Like this movie is like, was such a, an important part of my life that I, I can't imagine it any other way. Um, but I think what's important is that it in Tommy boy had this factory closed down, like this town would be ruined in almost a Jumanji style <laughs> like yeah. future like an alternate timeline same with the with the major league if the team had moved to miami it, mm-hmm. again you would have a jumanji uh back to the majors <laughs> and if if ioi had taken over the oasis no 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 nothing would have changed <laughs> no, no 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 it would yeah i was thinking like while yeah i mean sure like uh uh, Ready Player One is set in Ohio, I guess. Like, but really, Columbus, Ohio, the home oh. of IOI. <laughs> but um, the thing about it is, I just realized they've all got basically the same plot. <laughs> it, it it is this sort of like struggle to save the thing. It's like to save the Oasis. It's to save the ball club. It's to save the auto parts. The auto parts. Yeah, we got yeah. this. It must be an exhausting Ohio to live in Ohio because you're constantly trying to save yeah. it from going under. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What about that, Ryan? So you think best movie? Yeah, I, oh, I best movie. I would still go with Tommy Boy just because it's just it's so goddamn rewatchable and it just mm-hmm. it, it'll make you feel good. It like I said, it has a lot of the heart, but also but Major League also does too, but just mm-hmm. on a different level. You know, yeah. I, I, I I I I don't connect with Major League as much as I do with a Tommy Boy yeah. because, like I said, I based in my, all my my entire sense of humor around David Spade's character in this movie. <laughs> I'm not right. a fucking I'm not a fucking crazy pitcher like Charlie Sheen, so <laughs> I gotta take what I can get. I will I will agree with you guys. I think I think of the three, I think Tommy Boy is is the best movie. And I think on your question as well, Ryan, I think that if someone here listening to this in 2023 or whenever you're listening to this. Um, and you've never seen Tommy Boy, you, that's a good watch. I think you mm-hmm. could watch it. It's the kind of thing you can watch with your, you know, your teen kids. You could watch it. It is in a couple of moments, you know, slightly racy. That's about it. You know, but like, I, it's a sweet movie. It's uh, yeah. it's funny. It's a bit slapstick. It's a bit, it's a bit wacky. Um, but mm-hmm. And it's a good hometown. Like, it feels like that. You know, they're, they're doing their best to save this, this, this auto parts business has been in their family for generations and it's got one of the funniest shots where he's walking That's, through and you yeah. see everyone looks like Brian Dennehy and then it cuts to <laughs> cuts to uh, Chris Farley just and yeah, and even his whole thing together like just like it like melts my heart seeing like how much they love each other and then you have David Spade just being a dick and like <laughs> later on at the wedding he's like how do we look and he says chubby and they just both look at him like oh fuck yourself man you're not part of this <laughs> and he's laughing at his own joke yeah chubby. he's yeah. hammered great yeah i think that's the yes. champagne talking anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, okay, well, let's try and get into kind of what, uh, what Will was touching on is, you know, what we do here on the podcast is try and pick the one movie to represent the state. Um, I'm willing to just push Ready Player One off to the side because, like I said, that was me trolling Will. I was just having fun. I wanted to make him watch that so movie. So you admit it. And have I been yeah, trolled? 100%. 100%. <laughs> so you pinpointed it. Step two is getting it out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's quite interesting because kind of like what you guys were saying, Okay, so while Tommy Boy is shot primarily in Ontario, it's shot in Canada, okay? What it does do is kind of like saying it's the heart of the movie is about that, is about that kind of the blue collar, is about like the the factory, is about the town, is about everybody. But Major League is the same. And, you know, very much, you know, Cleveland is a big, big part of that movie. Like, so it's the shot around the city, you're seeing so many establishing shots. They get out there and they're shooting with the blue collar workers and the other people and the people in the bars. Right. And then when we get to the stadium, like I said, they've got 20,000 people. They had a full stadium of people that it was in the stadium that I'm like, it's, it's between the two of them clearly, yeah. but like they've both got a strong claim. Yeah. I think Tommy boy is the better movie of the two, but I think, Major League is the more more Ohio of the two, just because of what you just said. It's got that. In, I, I mean, it's just that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. But I, if I, we want, I, if we want to shut up and let Tommy Boy win, we can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Will? Yeah, I, I think I can see that too because yeah, you're right. We do cut you know around to like get the average person's opinion in Major League, like of the team. We do get the whole city kind of coming together, rallying around the team. It's shot there. It's an actual team. It's not a team they made up right. for the movie. So I think all that definitely works in Major League's favor. I could be swayed by that yeah. kind of argument. Like, it's I think it's tough because you want to give it to Tommy Boy. I you do. do. You really do. But I'm yeah. like, but logically, I feel like Major League's got it. And if you put them side by side and you had to take things off, mm-hmm. you're like, ah. But I think I almost, I, I, I'd be fascinated. I wish, you know, we had someone from Ohio on the show right now because it'd be like, I'd be interested to see, because you guys, you know, you, as soon as I said Ohio, you were like, ooh, ooh, Tommy Boy, Sandusky, Ohio, right? You know, it was like, a, like an instinctual response to you. Whereas like, I didn't, but then Ryan, yours was like, ooh, wait, wait, Major League. Oh yeah, immediately, yeah. I've been, like, wait, I've been waiting to do Major League for this entire show. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done Major League too. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> season two, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so like, ah, we're leaning towards Major League, aren't we? And I think like, so. I think so too, but I, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. Going, if we're doing like the money ball of it and we're going purely statistical, then yes, I think Major League is probably the the more Ohio of the two. But if we're going for heart and soul and feeling, then it's definitely Tommy Boy. Well, then there you go. Boom. It, we are going to go with heart and soul and feeling because that's what movies are all about. It's not about numbers. It's about how they make you feel. And like mm-hmm. Tommy Boy has got just so much heart to it that even though it is shot in Canada and none of the places are really yeah. in Ohio, it's got that thing that I think are we do. Let's do it. Let's give it to Tommy Boy. What do you think? There's a reason you I'm, can buy I'm like Callahan man. Auto Parts shirts and, and like stuff. That's I'm true. sure you can buy like Ricky Vaughn. I'm sure you can buy Rick Vaughn jerseys and shit, but I don't <laughs> I can't know. Can't buy think... any Cleveland Indian stuff anymore. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is so true. should yeah. we? Yeah. Are we doing it, guys? Yeah. It just feels it? right. It just feels yeah. good. 
It does feel Much right. Much like a fat guy in a little coat, I think. Tommy Boy is the most Ohio <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah. A line my stepfather still quotes at me to this day. Not to me, he quotes it at me. <laughs> so, you hit it here first. Uh, it's official that the movie to properly represent Ohio as the best movie ever made about Ohio until such time as we have Major League Two or some other movie. Or Ready Player Two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on no. the show. Um, that Tommy Boy is the official movie here at the United States of a movie podcast. That makes me happy. I'm happy with this choice. Yeah. I think we did the right thing. I think we did the right thing. I know logic, Major League, but heart, Tommy Boy. We've Reason done- will prevail. Yeah. yeah. So before, um, before we move on, this is the part where I like to sort of get into the, the also rants. Um, there were a few, like, because I almost went with um, Draft Day. Uh, Ivan Reitman movie, oh. Kevin Costner. Uh, it's actually a good movie. I do own it. It's um, quite a fun watch, but... Considering what Major League was on the list, I was like, another sports movie. It's all about the Cleveland Browns. Um, so, and it has all of the city as well, that it would have honestly just ended up being a Major League versus, versus draft day kind yeah. of like fight. So I'm, I said, plus I also wanted to troll Will by making him watch Ready Player One. So, you know. Will was just going to pick all, all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, I was thinking about picking those because when you said like you hadn't seen those, I was like, oh, well this, this would be a good, I know it's not our Halloween episode, but I'm like, yeah, this would be a good seen. chance to like, oh, oh man, I could have gone. I've never seen oh. any Nightmare on Elm Streets. Oh man, do any of them take place during Christmas? I might have to <laughs> put this on the list. I was going to pick The Faculty. I love that movie. Oh, Faculty's so good. Yeah, that's Robert Rodriguez, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a really good movie. I only ever saw that once. I was surprised. It's good. I watched it again recently. Good. It holds up. Yeah, I watched it was because that movie. It was that movie and Disturbing Behavior had come out, so it was very like oh yeah, very like team starring a young uh, Cyclops. James James Marston. James Marston. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's um. Yeah, that would have been that's the thing is Ohio had a lot. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued. I was kind part of me was hoping it did do a, like a nightmare on Elm Street. Like you guys know I don't like horror movies, but you've kind of got me turned around on them. They are quite fun, mm-hmm. you know. It's they're just not my choice. I think it's because just I just didn't want to be scared as a kid. You know what I mean? I got okay, Halloween, who I Halloween, want nightmares for. Halloween three, season of the witch. <laughs> oh man. Does that take place in Ohio? I, I'm just looking on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, we could have gone. We could have switched it up and gone with a wet dream on Elm Street. <laughs> oh, that's right. I did see that. You did bring that up a number of times. Uh, maybe we've got um, to do that one time. Is all the porn parody or something? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. The most inventive titles you'll ever see. But also, you know what? I will like you were just saying is like when you asked that question, I realized that you know we are now knocking on Christmas, and I thought I had a plan for where we're going next week, but no, I, yeah. I think. It's time to do a. Are we're we going to do a special episode, episode next week. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to do. We're going to do the special. We're going to do the United States of Movie Christmas special. We're going to find the best or the the movie that we consider Christmas. I've got one. I can't. Yeah, let's see. To add that's to this. That's a bit a little bit off. A little bit wacky. It's not Die Hard, but it's one that takes place during Christmas. I used to watch it around Christmas. And it's got this kind of like sort of Spielberg. We're watching Ready Player One again. No, no, you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, next week we're going to be doing our Christmas movie. So if you listen to this podcast um, and you find us on Facebook, uh, the United States of a Movie, you can find us on Reddit as well. We've got a subreddit. Um, send us your suggestions. Yeah, I know please. we're having uh, some people answering and he's dreading the. the <laughs> yeah, if you're winning right now. Yeah, if you go to my TikTok, I'm, I'm having it open for uh, my audience to 
suggest Christmas movies. And there is one clear winner right now that I really hope does not win. <laughs> I don't want to watch this movie, but oh, a wet dream that's on Elm just an invitation. <laughs> which, which one? A wet dream on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I'm rooting for. Yeah. Um, but no, like uh, go and comment uh, in my comment sections. I'm tracking what movies are getting mentioned more than others. Um, and uh, give me your suggestions because I'm going to go with the audience pick on this one because I know what I pick. Oh, wow. That's okay. not fun. You can so. find Will uh, as entitled Willennial uh, on TikTok. Ryan, does Terrifier 2 take place uh, during Christmas? Sadly, we have to wait until Ter- Terrifier 3 next year. I was going to say, the third one is a Christmas one, isn't yeah. it? But like, we could just watch the trailer for Terrifier 3 and just talk about that for an hour and a half. So yeah. I've never seen these movies. They look absolutely crazy. Ryan is obsessed with them. Um, but yeah, wow. next, week, next week, we're going to get all Christmassy. I'm going to change the plans. I thought I knew where we were going, but no, we're going to do a Christmas special next week. That's going to be great. So we'll see what Will brings to the table. I'm excited for my one. Ryan, I bring something interesting. All right, let's, let's try and mix this up. You know, let's try and find some random Christmas. Sure, people love people it. Have forgotten. I already have something in mind. We'll talk about it. Um, to uh, everybody though at home, please do us a favor. Um, if you don't, if you're watching us on YouTube, Subscribe, hit that little thing and the notifications bell. That really helps. Drop in the comments and just tell us we're doing a bad job, but that helps the algorithm. We'll engage with you. It's great. Um, If you're listening to the podcast, please uh, share it, Um, like it, uh, uh, rate it is a great way of doing that. If you're listening to us on Apple, Um, we really do appreciate uh, when you guys do reach out. And this is just so much fun for us. So um, from uh, Ryan, Will, uh, Will, I'm sorry, mate. (laughs) uh, I mean, I'll never forgive you, but, you know, that's uh, beside the point. You just have to watch In the Mouth of Madness to watch the taste of (laughs) it. And Ryan as well, buddy. Thank you so much for dropping. Great choices. Again, that was a fun week. I enjoyed myself for all three, but you guys, I know, enjoyed at least two of these movies. Um, for, uh, from me, from Ryan, and from Will, then this is the end. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the United States of Movie Podcast, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>